What is going on, world? How are you guys doing? Uh, welcome to Weekly Games Chat. Of course, some of you know my name is Sean. Some of you may not. So there you go. Um, and uh, you guys know this by now, the other half and the self-proclaimed better half of Weekly Games Chat, my good friend John. John? Sean, are there other people on the call? Why are you calling me right now? I don't. What is? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's <laughs> going on. <laughs> what day is this? I don't know. Um, what day of quarantine is this? Are we still in quarantine? I don't even freaking know. I don't know. I'm gonna. T- you need to turn down just a hair, ladies and gentlemen. We we switch boards a little bit. Um, okay, and not just a little bit. huh? Not just a little bit. We did it a lot. Well, yeah, we did it a lot. Um, and th- something that rhymes with a lot is you're coming in really hot. Um, but it's it's fine. Uh, talk to me. It's fine. We're doing this. Say All right, something. Sean. How does it sound right now you in sound, this moment in time? You sound good. You sound good. So yeah, okay. that's that's the ongoing stuff that you guys may or may not hear. It's just stuff that we always try to do to make you make it better for you guys, and we hope you're doing well. Um, it is Wednesday, June the tenth. And we are one day away from something very exciting in the uh, video game universe. We'll talk about that later in the news. Um, <laughs> John, I um, how do I tell you this? So when I was little, younger, not just in weight, but like age and everything, um, <laughs> one of my uncles, I forget, I think it was my uncle Corey. Maybe it was my uncle Bob. I don't know, but I remember learning that um, supposedly one of the greatest things in a man's life um, is th- the day that you uh, how do I say this that you can pull a trifecta off, and it's the the sh- shower and shave. Right? You with me, John? Isn't there one? Isn't there one more? Well, that's the only three I knew. What's the, what's the fourth one? You said shower and shave. Oh yeah, I said the sh- shower and shave. Oh, okay. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. I missed the show. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> my, dad, my dad used to call it the three S's. Yes. Where, do you, where, where are you going? Oh, I got to go do my three S's. Yes. So if you... Now, Sean, what order did you do that in? Well, it was exactly the way that I just said it. Okay, so, cool. So before the, uh, before the show, it's it's a little after four Eastern. I tell... Or a little... No, a little bit before five, I guess, Eastern. And I tell no. John anyway. I say, John... Um, I'm ready when you are basically, but I need to go, you know, take care of the yeah. first S. And John was like, all right, cool. Everything's good over here. Um, <laughs> so I go in there and then I go, you know what? A shower would be nice next. So uh, uh, I hop in the shower and then I go, huh, I got some, some under chin slash neck hair on this hack beard that might be okay to be shaved. <laughs> so then I, as it, as I was doing it, it hit me. Oh my God. The trifecta just happened, John. And uh, I don't think there's anything better. Like, you know, at least for the interim on on that, it's pretty dope. Who is possibly trying to call or text me? Oh, there's motion at my front door. I love the Ring app. But, um, well, well, Sean, you are correct. That combination of a cleansed body a bare naked face or at least a cleaned up face. Right. It just, uh, it, there's something about how all of that works, you know, and, 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 an empty colon. Right. It, well, 
it's funny that you talk about the colon because I've been meaning to ask you this and I don't know how I should, but you know, we've gone places before on this <laughs> chat and, uh, on this, on this podcast. So, so, you know, friend of the show, Jeff and uh friend of the show, Jeff has a brother. Yes. And I remember, I don't remember how or why we got to this, but guys that hang out with guys, you find yourself here sometimes. So we became upon a topic that was concerning how one should um, should wipe and clean after dropping a deuce. And apparently you're a front to back, <laughs> a filthy animal. If if you don't. And this is from the Jeff and his brother standpoint. If you don't as a male kind of bend over and go straight, straight in. Like, like, I don't know how, how would you describe this? Like a hunch with a straight back, not a That's reach, up. not a reach around. Well, but a straight, a yeah. So that sounds like they're doing back to front. I don't know what they're doing. Meaning but, they can get some streaks under the, under well, the grundle. they that led to the, the grundle. I lose it every time, and that's not that's not courteous to your loved one. That's just not that's not polite. It's not nice. But <laughs> so then, love so then I learned about the technique that is known as a pinch and scoop as you do <laughs> the front or their little hunch over thing, a and I go and a pinch and scoop. I have since that day tried the pinch and scoop and it, the pinch and scoop is, is essential on the first wipe or two because it's, you know, can you walk through this. Well, I'm having trouble with it. Okay. So, so as you know, you're done and it's time to tighten up, you, you get your, <laughs> you get your, hopefully your, your, your moist man wipe. And yes. ladies, if you're listening, I'm sorry. You, you don't, it's not, first of all, it's not fair because I know for a fact most girls that I've ever known they can they can take care of business in about I don't know three minutes and they're done and there is they there's, they say why do you go through so much toilet paper or or you know wipes and I go why don't you you bare backed you know clean <laughs> nothing back there person and and they just won't ever under understand the struggle so. But anyway, back to the lecture at hand as Dr. Brought Drake. to you by our sponsor, Manscaped 3.0. Oh, dude, <laughs> if we could get like Charmin Wet Wipes as a sponsor, I would totally do that read. But if they heard this, they would be down with it. But uh, so so basically you take your initial wipe and however you decide to do it, either you're reaching around or straight under or your, your ankles to your head. I don't care how you do it. <laughs> but uh, so... You take your first one and instead of just doing a smooth wipe, you kind of like do one of these motions. Like you kind of get a claw up in there, but let's not get too graphic. This is a family show. But pinch the pinching. Just yeah, a little pinch and scoop. And the and the the point in doing that, apparently, is to get the the majority of you know what's there out. Ladies and gentlemen. I'm here to to let you guys know I have tried the pinch and scoop method since this conversation and it's a mess. <laughs> I don't I don't know I don't know if unless I'm doing it wrong, I refuse to go caveman straight under. I just can't I can't combine all the things that like the the brothers do. 
the, the Jeff, the Jeff and, and his brother, Darren, I can't, I can't do that. You know what I mean? So they're both in solidarity on this. I, if I, if my memory is serving me correct, yes. And that, and that I am completely, I'm the weird one, but, uh, how did we get down this rabbit hole? I don't know. Basically the three S's occurred. And then I thought of this and then I was like, I got to tell John and see if based on John's reaction, am I crazy? There's no way. If I understand the pinch correctly, right. There's no way I'm getting my fingernails involved. I don't care if there's a she, a shield of toilet paper in front of them. I'm not doing that. (laughs) That's just a recipe for disaster. You've got no business doing that to yourself. And none of this would be a problem if everybody would just drink more fiber. Well, you say that, right? Clean wipes, my friend. Clean wipes. Well, you say that, um, <laughs> which leads me to, I guess, another question. And let's, again, let's keep as clean as possible that we can. Um, sure. Has, aside from like when you clean, uh, say, your child's diaper, as mm-hmm. an adult, have you ever had a, a miswipe? And you go, oh my God, and go into panic mode because it has to immediately not be on there anymore. <laughs> like, I don't, uh, even, I don't even know. I think if you haven't, you're lucky. Let me just tell you that. A miss wipe. Yeah. If you haven't, I'm getting really animated about this, Anna. But if you haven't had a miss wipe, <laughs> just count. Cause I mean, sometimes it's not even the fact that, um, how do I say this? It's just because it's, you had a lot to let go of, right? So there's kind of a mess. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just kind of a mess. And so I, I think now I know what you're talking about. And yes, that is a thing. And I think it's happened to all of us. You go and you go, oh, no, didn't see that one coming. That's got to immediately come off. So the next three or four wipes are not um, down there. They're like on whatever finger it was. But yeah. So. <laughs> So there's that, but I, I do hope all of you are doing well. I hope if you uh, yeah. if you need to have, or if you haven't had a triple S in a while, or a, a trifecta, whatever John called it, and if you're a male, I guess females could technically also do that. Mm-hmm. You know, they got like stuff they shave, legs and whatnot. Yes, but, uh, yes, 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 very nice. But um, so that leads us to uh, what did we do this week? Uh, before well, first, you know, well, if first you, of all, we need to we need to create a Discord thread about this topic, and you can't go to that Discord thread unless that's what you want to talk about. Wipage and such. Wipage and such. Call it wipage and such. It can happen. <laughs> I think it might need to happen. Um, so <clears throat> I'm trying to think what all ha- I I I did actually it's. I'm hoping the world gets back uh, as far as like the coronavirus back to this. I was able to um, finally DJ again this past weekend for a wedding and it, it felt good to be around people. Um, I bet it's it. I don't think we really realize. I mean, everybody says it, but I, I was, I was sitting there behind the, the booth or whatever and, you could just see people having fun and dancing. And I was like, man, I have, I have missed that. Um, it's, it's unfortunate though. Cause there's still a lot of people that, uh, that can't do things like that. I mean, even in my little bubble, there are clients that I've had that have had to reschedule because of COVID and, uh, their dates aren't available for the reschedule. So they're just kind of, 
they're kind of SOL, if you will. Yeah. So, but anyway, um, I, I got to do that. And I realized because it's been so long that I've, I've had to move equipment and, and perform and then move equipment again and then drive home that I am out. I am like really out of game shape. I woke up the next day, John, and I felt every bit of my age. Have you, from, uh, yeah, from DJ, just from DJing? Well, it's, it's a combination of, I think excitement, getting ready for the gig and then, uh, unloading, which yeah. I was in, I don't want to say it wasn't, it was like, how do I say this? Kind of like a baby Southeast Alabama type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it yeah. was, it was hot. Uh, there were gnats out, which if Ooh. I'm going to tell you now, if you're planning a summer wedding and you live in a place like the Southeast of the United States, the thing you forget about is gnats. I'm going to promote something called no gnats. If you need it, buy it. it is I, I can tell you firsthand. It's the best thing I've ever used to get rid of gnats. You apply it kind of like you do off. You get to spray it on you like you and, uh, yeah, it comes in a bottle that looks kind of, I don't, if anybody is affiliated with no gnats, I'm sorry, but it looks kind of bootleg in the sense that it's just a, a standard bottle. And I think in red, maybe it says no gnats, not a lot of art. It's just, it is what it is. Dude, I wish I had that because there were gnats as soon as I opened my door to get back to my trailer. But yeah, unloading, I didn't have my hand truck again, because I'm slipping because I'm out of game shape. <laughs> I need spring training, John. And uh, yeah, so I, I have to carry some pretty heavy stuff set up. I don't sit down when I DJ. I personally think that there's no, when you're DJing, there's no really room to do that. I understand that we all have chairs in the event that we have downtime, but if you're performing, you don't really have time to sit down. So then, then you're tired from that. And then afterwards, you're sweating everybody's leaving and and you're trying to just get everything loaded back up. So then you have to then reload everything. I'm I'm, I'm to the point where I think I need to hire a roadie. I would love to be able to have somebody to say, Hey, go here. This is how I set up. And then I just show up on a motorcycle or something, John hop off, start DJing and then say, all right, appreciate it. You know, and then incorporate, you know, them getting some money based on whatever we do that way, you know, their time is worth it. You know? Yeah, man, you need to be, you need to be the star of the show. You don't need to be, <laughs> you, don't, you don't need to be the cinematographer or the key grip or something like that. You need to be that guy out front. You know, I, I have a doctor, Sean, this is the craziest thing. First of all, my doctor, he's a neurologist. He doesn't wear a, he doesn't wear a lab coat. He wears a suit and he's the, he, he's such a showman. Um, he has a medical bag, you know, those classic medical bags that have the stethoscope and the hammer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all the that. classic, like it's like a, it almost looks like a bowling bag back in the day, but it's for a doctor. Those? Yeah. And, yeah. and he's the kind of, he, he tests your reflexes, all that stuff. He has a nurse walk the bag in. It's like, that's, it's this nurse. That's the nurse's sole job. He, she walks it into the opera into the exam room and says, Dr. Fasan will be right with you. And Dr. Fasan strolls in with like these 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 striped suits fitted suits and says hello mr baron how are you today shakes my hand and just and just goes for the bag that that needs to be you my friend 
That needs to be you. Somebody needs to set up for you. And so I will get, I will take uh, $300 per gig. <laughs> Dude, you're back. I'm telling you, your back would be so hurt. Uh, oh, it already, uh, just thinking about it makes uh, it hurt. It, and it, it doesn't, it doesn't help. I've got so many under, under, so many of these under my belt and I'm getting up there in age. I, I may need to incorporate like a workout type regimen just to kind of <laughs> strengthen you know, lower backs and, and knees. I sound, I sound 104. I talked about the triple S and, and now being old and knee hurts. Like really? Yeah. Yeah. I, this, I, I helped my friend Adam move a refrigerator the other day and the next morning (laughs) my, my right knee hurt. And you know, you get to that age, you know what I'm talking about, where you are in pain the next day and you can't even remember injuring yourself. Something got injured, but I just wasn't aware of it. Dude, when did that, when did that start happening? Was it just 35? 35. (laughs) Well, uh, ladies and gentlemen, it, um, I I do not, I don't want to go without saying this, but had he been here, we would have been wishing a uh, friend of the show, uh, Chris, you like how I did that? A happy birthday. Um, birthday. His birthday was yesterday, uh, June, whatever, whatever day it was yesterday, the ninth, I guess. And it, it amazed me, me and John, uh, I actually saw John during lunch for a brief moment today. And, uh, we we said it's crazy how he's only that age that he is, yeah. And I'm the age that I am. And I told John, I said, I really think if people didn't know our ages, put us in a room, they would think he was the older person, hands yes. down, for and, sure. <laughs> but it's crazy. I actually slipped up, and when I I do keep my hair kind of obviously, I don't want to say shaved, but I, I put mm-hmm. like a one guard on the razor and keep it short, right? When, when you say shaved, you think like maybe Stone Cold Steve Austin or something. And no, it's not like that. It's buzzed. It's buzzed, yeah. And uh, when I let it grow, when it starts to grow out before I cut it, I notice I start getting the um, what I like to call the Mitt Romneys along the yeah. side. And I go, I've really got some gray hair going on. Like, this is crazy. And I'm in Discord with Chris, and uh, he's he's kind of doing something else, but he hears that. And he, he brings over the, the microphone and he goes, he turns it on. And he goes, really? And he kind of looks, gives you that look. Cause I tell you what, th- I don't think there's been another beard that has, uh, that's grayed maybe, maybe Tony's. And this is going back to some old school listeners. If you remember Tony, he was the, uh, I, I guess the godfather of how the podcast even started because he had a network, um, you know, he then got the two Chris's together, which then evolved into weekly games chat. But Tony's beard got really gray as well. And uh, Chris's beard, uh, his internal employee employee picture, when you look at it, or even some of the other pictures, when you realize, or, you know, you see him and you go, hey, that was Chris. Dude, it wasn't that long ago that his beard was fully black. Oh, yeah. You know? Chris, Chris is a reminder that time can be very cruel. Just kidding. <laughs> Dude, I looking at this camera, because I turned my camera on for John today, because we, we, it, you know, how many ever weeks in now on this uh, COVID-19 recording that we're doing, uh, 
it hit us. Hey, we really could feed off each other on, you know, if we saw each other like we did back, you know, when we sat across, John still hasn't got a webcam, but anyway, <laughs> when I turned it on, I'm looking at it for a second before I move to do what I'm doing. And it's ridiculous how like you got bags under your eyes. Now those could come from, you know, allergies and not sleeping well, but it could come from age. And then you couple that with the fact that I saw gray hairs today and then, ugh, right. And, and, and gnats for sure. Gnats bothering you. <laughs> just, yeah. just irritated at the existence of gnats. <laughs> you know, you know, you want to hear some science behind gnats? Uh, do we have science? I wish we had a science sounder. Wouldn't that be great? That would be good. Like, like a, like a chemistry, you know, uh, what are those little tubes called the vials or whatever, like bubbling and a little sound bed under it. And it's like science, science. So you notice, you notice where you are. You don't have, at least I don't think you do. You don't have gnats where you are. No, not, no. We have mosquitoes, but not like gnats. Gnats are geographically assigned. And I I don't remember the science behind this, but they have, and I think it goes into, I think it goes into where you are too. They have what the, what is called the fall line. So Georgia has what is called the fall line. So about a hundred miles south of Macon, Georgia is where the fall line is. And below that fall line is where gnats are. And I, I grew up in an area of the, of South Georgia that was try playing, try having baseball practice in high school with nothing but gnats everywhere. I mean, you could actually look at the sky and not see blue sometimes because of gnats. It's funny. Do, do, do you ever? They don't. They don't. Where I'm, where I was from, they don't bite. No, but they'll but go up your nose, or they'll get really aggressive around your face, in your eye. Yeah, and you're like, what the? What you the, never. You learn to run without your mouth open. Right. Man. Right. It's terrible. It's terrible. But listen, we are. Um, <clears throat> we are what? Twenty two minutes in. Oh, that's a dude. That that intro did not feel like an intro because we just we just talked mostly me. Yeah, we might have lost listeners. <laughs> Possibly. Hopefully we you know what? Hopefully we gained some because they went they know they know the struggle. It's they they know, they, the they, they know what's up. But uh this this is like the intro part ish. So what we'll do now is I'm excited. Um not really. <laughs> oh I just had to say it for the joke. Uh for the topic this week. Uh it could be we're gonna line it up as a part one. What was that? You heard that? Yeah. What was that? My computer is doing these dings for yeah, some reason. We hear, and that's a thing. Um, it can, the way that we got you hooked up with that soundboard, it might pick up some onboard, onboard thing. So, apologies. No, hey, I love it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna hate it after a while. Listen, it was one time where I wasn't turning off the Discord. And uh, this is hilarious. And I haven't turned on my PC in a while. Oh, it good? You got some updates going on? It's just like these little news updates that, that feed in. You're going to need to disable those. How do you do that? I don't know. Yeah, I'll figure it out. But they're gonna, I'll make sure that doesn't happen next week. They're going to hate you. But, I, think it's, I think the worst is behind us. <laughs> but maybe not after this uh, topic, time, time, time time
the topic this week is a John special. John, tell them what it is. The topic this week, ladies and gentlemen, I am pleased to say is Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition. <laughs> Possibly part uno. You know what we also need to do, Sean, when we announce when we announce topics going forward, we should probably have like a like an applause. Like a clip. That would be cool. <laughs> I can make that happen. Noted, sir. Noted. So uh, I'm gonna this is the part of the show where I'm excited to hear about my friend John's journey in the world oh, no. of Xenoblade because I did get a uh, a tease. I like saying tease of how he um how his journey's gone so far. <laughs> so uh with with no uh no more hesitation without further ado, John, take us away. Well, like uh like Sean said, ladies and gentlemen, we're probably going to do this in sort of a part one, part two scenario, because as uh, as Sean is aware, having had experience with the series a little bit, um, he's actually dabbled in uh, Xenoblade Chronicles too. These games are hundred hour games, I would say minimum, um, from what I've what from what I've read. But but you're gonna, I want to, I just want to caution the audience before I before I do this, Sean. They are going to be fully aware of the JRPG noobness, noobness. The, I that like is. that. The JRPG noobness, the noobness. Yeah. It's I, like, you know, when you were, you were doing something um, last week when we were playing, you, you can't, you, you walk, you went away for a second and me and Platt started talking about. Wait, wait, who's Platt? Uh, Justice Platt. No clue. Well, we, we hate, were, yeah. Hate the guy. Mortal enemy. Like, like last last week when we were playing um, Minecraft Dungeons, which we still need to jump back into. Dude, we got to beat that game. Uh, and we were, I don't know how it got to this, but we were talking about um, me jumping into JRPGs <laughs> and other types of games thanks to, thanks to the show. Right, which is crazy. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I think I think you, because I, I think I remembered saying something along the lines of, before the show, you never played a JRPG. Doom would not have been your game of the year. And I think, That's right. And I think there was a third, but I don't remember what it is right now. And and we all chuckled because think about it. Like, would you have really played Doom without this show, or would you have gone into Octopath Traveler? <laughs> no. I mean, I, the probability is probably not. Like, I don't know how what math that is, but whatever probably not is, that's a percentage of I don't think you would have done it. Yeah. You're, you're, you're spot on. So, you know, it's funny, you know, as, as <clears throat> this show actually has, has, I like you know, the voice clear. That was nice. That was nice. I'm getting ready for so it. I, you're getting ready for it. You went, <clears throat> my horizons. Yes. I'm actually better in many ways because of the show. Um, what'd you so, say about, uh, horizon zero dawn? It's a pretty good game. All right, go ahead. I've heard it's good. We should do something <laughs> with that one. We should do something with that one. We should. We'll talk later. We'll talk. Yeah. We'll take this. We'll take this offline. Yeah, let's go offline, <laughs> off air, okay? So, um, one of the things what I'm going to do right now is just sort of do a kind of a surface level impressions of the game. I, I will candidly say I am ten hours in. Um, one of the reasons I'm ten hours in is um, the combat system, which I love, and I was talking to Sean about this earlier today. I love it. I love how it's designed. 
but at this moment in time, I suck at the new. Hey, definitely. What's the term? Um, we both work in a corporate environment professionally, right? Right. I know some of you are shocked that this is not our professional gig, but, um, (laughs) what do they call it? You know, the upper management when they give us a, it's almost like a bird's eye view of things, but they use a different term for it. And right now I can't think of what it is. High level. No high level. Well, that is a term they use. That means like we're up high looking at the plan where they get way into it and, and deeper on mm. their levels, right? So that's what that means. Is that am I right on the when they refer? Definitely. Like, At least that's how, that's how my officer talks. Yeah, well, this is a high level review of the situation. We're that, just keep this high level. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that means we know nothing. <laughs> we're not going to drill down. We're not going to get into the details. We're going to just keep this high level. The deets. I want the Sur- deets. Surface level, if you will. <laughs> oh, so yeah. One, one of the things that um, I was, um, I guess, kind of practicing in a way with Sean, just sort of getting out my ideas. One of the things I really wanted to talk about with this game um, is that, in in theory, this game is not supposed to exist in the U.S. And now we have a situation where we've where it's been released in the U.S. on the Wii. A version of it has been released on 3DS, and now a version has been released on Switch. Yeah, so that's dope. This was this was a game back in 2011. People started getting word of these JRPGs that were being released on the Switch. I'm sorry, on on the Wii, everywhere but in the United States, and Nintendo, you know, in 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 theory, had a very good reason behind that. JRPGs at the time were not really doing well outside of, you know, the the occasional Final Fantasy title. They were just they were finding that the market was declining with JRPGs because of games like Skyrim. Yeah, uh, Western, Western RPGs had sort of come along. Where for a long time, people were saying that uh, Japanese video game development was behind the behind the eight ball. If if that's a I think that's a term <laughs> um, that they, they, they just sort of fallen behind when it came to ideas um, and innovation. And we're playing these games like dark, dark souls had come out. Skyrim had come out. Bethesda had come along with the fallout series so that these new types of RPGs were finding a rise in popularity and no one in the U S were really going after these classic JRPGs. So that's kind of the situation from a contextual matter back in 2011, 2012, that was going on at the time. Nice. I you, like, you like what I, yeah. I, I like what you did there. I like the use of the word contextual and I just, I like the little, I, I like a little dabble in history and, and like yeah, I do. I, I do very much so. Well, well, in addition to that surge in popularity in Western RPGs, there was also a problem with the Wii. And uh, yeah, there was. <laughs> Even Nintendo, even Nintendo fanboys at this point have to admit, uh, me being one of them, that by 2011 and 2012, the Wii was running out of steam, um, and you were really just getting a bunch of shovelware on the platform. You know, the the, the kind of games that you can find in a GameStop today, and you know, buy them for fifty cents. So this, so the U.S. so Nintendo fans in the U.S. started getting word of these 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 this trifecta, if you will, these three games 
that existed in foreign markets. Monster Hunter. What? Oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Monster Hunter is actually interesting too. It it's kind of it's it, kind of the one franchise JRPG franchise that really had. It was a smaller audience, but it was a profitable audience in the U.S. Dude, I mean, you were, yeah. you were talking about Monster Hunter a long time ago. Yeah, uh, you actually played the one on the Wii. I did, that was uh, so many Dude. fun memories from that game. Yeah, it was fan. It was I just yeah. I love that series, but I almost said it as a joke, but it kind of tied in. It worked. So the <laughs> so the Holy Trinity of jrpgs that were that people were really fighting to get into the u.s was xenoblade chronicles the last story and a game called pandora's tower and at one time i had all three of these games um yeah legend has it that you did legend has it i did i I sold all them back to gamestop when i got all these consoles but um so that's kind of the the history behind it and the way and, and there was this there was this project called operation rainfall i love an operation like when something's titled operation insert word i love it (laughs) (laughs) that was the real that was the real impact and and i think credit is due to a group of fans were demanding better content for this console that they that they put money into it sold 100 million units worldwide they were demanding better content better 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 quality content and Nintendo's proposition was, it's not that we don't want to release them in the U.S. We just don't think you guys will buy it. Our research data tells me you don't buy these games. Um, so at some point, this thing sort of sort of became more, the voices became very loud. And so eventually, ooh, that looked good. What you got there, Sean? A little hamburger steak uh, with some yeah. gravy. Uh, some corn off the cob and some sort of, I don't know what that is, possibly like field peas or something like that. I'll see you in 10 minutes. It's, it's, if smell a vision, you know, that old thing worked. This is good. So I'm going to push the mic away just a little bit so you don't hear me eat. But I'm very, you're, I'm telling you now, if the listeners aren't excited about what you're talking about, you're doing, this is the best lead in ever. And I think you've done it so spectacularly well that we're in, we're into the actual like first act and we don't, we're just like glued to our seats right now. This is fantastic. Well, thank you. So, um, eventually, eventually Nintendo caved and certain publishers caved. So the, the, you know, exceed games, uh, became a publisher for, I think it was, um, last story in Pandora's tower. And I think eventually you were able to purchase Xenoblade. If I recall correctly, you were only able to purchase Xenoblade through GameStop. They were the only ones, they, they were the only stores, retail stores selling uh, Xenoblade. And for years after that, Xenoblade Chronicles in particular had such a high resale value. Like if you wanted, I think when I actually, when I traded it in, I got $60 for it. And there were during a couple of years prior to that, you could find it on eBay and, 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 and pay $200 for it because it was such a, a narrow release. They didn't, they were careful in how they released these games. They didn't release these games um, mass market. They sort of, they sort of did just enough where they thought they would make a little bit of their money back Um, to this day. 
I too yeah. remember trading yeah. it in and and being surprised on how much I got for that trade in. Right. Yeah, it was it was it was pretty amazing. So the last story and Pandora's Tower have sort of since that time gone away, but Xenoblade Chronicles has somehow stuck around in the um in the western psyche. It was a big enough hit where it was justified that they made a sequel. What was it called? It was Xenoblade um, X on the X Wii U first, yeah, yeah, but uh, uh, which was uh, I could I guess we could Google it real quick. I think in the timeline it is it is technically a futuristic version in the same story. Oh, I thought it was a prequel. I'm dumb. Might be. It might be. So it always, with the power of Google, it's called Xenoblade. Not Xena the Princess Warrior. Xenoblade Chronicles X is what we're looking for. And uh, let's go down to the Wikipedia because, you know, it's factual. It's, it looks like it's not part of the series, technically. Um, it forms it's, a part. They say it's a part of the Xeno meta series. It's a spiritual yeah. successor to mm -hmm. the aforementioned uh, Xenoblade Chronicles. All right. Well, Without, I never knew. That. Yeah, it doesn't. It, and I remember thinking that game. That may be the one that I played, John. I don't think I played uh, Xenoblade Chronicles. Now that yeah. I think about it, I think I played X. And yeah, because the mechs were super, super dope. I, I remember watching that in Nintendo Direct, I think around E3. Which, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, just to remind you, we should be enjoying E3 right now. But oh, dude. this would have, uh, yes, Tuesday would have been the first day of E3, technically. Yeah, that's, pro that's probably, yeah. That's, yeah, that's true. So. There's that. Sorry. So squirrel and we're back to John. <laughs> <laughs> so since that time, you know, you thinking about it, it's kind of surprising that we have gotten not only three versions of this particular game we're talking about, but we've gotten Xenoblade Chronicles two, which was a big hit as far as I know on the switch. It had a really, really huge expansion to it. Huge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then we've got the, you know, the off the offshoot uh, Xenoblade Chronicles X. So <clears throat> that brings me to this moment in time where after, after owning it once before, and, and I sort of owned these games, I owned all three of them, sort of to give financial support and justification that these games need to exist in the U.S. That was sort of my motivation. I always wanted to get to them, particularly Pandora's Tower. That game looked pretty dope um and i'd love to see sort of a remaster version of all these games at some point did that game um you know how the the folks like in in, in british accents would say did that game look brilliant it looked brilliant absolutely <laughs> brilliant so that brings us to that brings us to Xenoblade chronicles definitive edition and i've played a little bit of the wii wii version and this game is a is 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 just a really amazing aesthetically pleasing remaster. I th I think it would I think you consider consider it a remake. Um it it looks like it's been built from the ground up um but using the same same character models. It's very it's very pretty. I will say oddly enough on on the on the television screen and i don't know if you i think this might have been the case in xenoblade chronicles 2 for some reason the um the the visuals are only 720p 
on the on the TV screen. <laughs> and uh, Sean is enjoying his dinner, by the way. You can see it. I am jealous of him. <laughs> Listen, this was possibly the first time I've ever had whatever kind of peas these are. This will um, effectively be the last time I ever have said peas as well. You don't know what, you don't know what they are? No, I'm going to stick with the corn and the meat. Okay. <laughs> so, um, so the so that's so while it looks beautiful, it is in a 720p resolution. Now on the switch in in uh, in, uh, in handheld mode, um, I was taken aback by how not good it looked. It's not, it doesn't even hit 720p. It's sort of, um, it's sort of in the, from what I heard from digital foundry, I think they said it was in the 520 range. How do they get away with that? I don't know. I do not know. It, it's, it, it was very disappointing. So that, so putting that aside, I, just, I feel like they could have put a little bit more energy into getting this, getting this game to a 1080p and then putting it at 720 in the handheld mode. Especially since that you would think they would think about the switch lights that are out there. For sure. That makes no yeah. sense to me. That that's gotta be that's gotta be irritating if that's all you have. Unless you just don't know. I mean I mean, granted, it looks better. It it looks a hundred times better than it did on the Wii, so there is that. Um, but as far as story goes, this story is is sort of timeless and kind of transcends it's it's almost like a retelling of good versus evil or heaven and hell there's a, there's this idea that in the beginning of time eons ago there were these two titans that emerged um one was the bionis and the other was the mechanis and they were both they were locked into this <laughs> is it the way i said mechanis <laughs> See, this is why we need to televise this. Oh Your God. reactions are just classic. They can't get any better. I got nothing. I got so much, but I got nothing at the same time. I just, yeah, it was because you set me up when you said, what, what was the first one? Bionis. Yeah, you were like, they got a Bionis? And then you said, Mechanis. The Mechanis. Yeah, it was, please, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, John. Thank you for everything. So these so these two titans were in what seemed seemingly was thousands of years battling each other. To basically they battled to a uh to a stalemate where they pretty much just quit functioning and it's uh you see them as they exist today there's the there there are these gigantic lifeless beings with their weapons embedded into each other. And so from those two from those two titans emerged life. So on the Bionis is where the main characters of this story, <laughs> Sean, the main characters of this story exist. And on the Mechanis is where um, a, a robotic, a machine race known as the Mechons live. And so you've, you pretty much get the, the conflict from the jump. Uh, these, uh, it would seem like I think the Bionis folks are known as the Homs, I think, and then obviously the Mechanis. Are you saying ham funny? Homs, H H O M S. I believe that's what the race is known as. The Homs it has to be the Homs. It's got to be the Homs. They're like, "What's up, Homs?" <laughs> so from from that point, from that point, 
Sean, you're you're killing it, man. <laughs> Terrible. Just eat your food. Eat your eat your peas too. There's no way. Uh, <clears throat> so that's where we that's where we are as far as the beginning of the story where you know it's you know you you know there's this conflict between the two worlds um and the monado which sounds like it sounds like that young menudo group the yeah. menudo every menudo. time i hear monado i think menudo uh so this so this so the so the bionis people <laughs> have discovered a weapon known as the monado and it's the only it's the only weapon that is effective against uh, against fighting. I need to turn your camera off. I cannot be vibing with this, dude. Ladies and gentlemen, Sean for some reason is losing his mind. It's because it's the. I'm telling you, it's your wonderful delivery and and clarity. <laughs> and I'm 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 just hearing it. And this is how I would act if I heard it without without being here for the recording. Just so you know, that's I, so you should know you're at least funny to me. And you're not even trying to be. You're at least funny to me. I mean, at least to me, right? Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, you can always write in to tell us how funny you think John or myself is at weeklygameshat at gmail.com. Peace out. That was good. That was real good. So that's that's so that's a, that's the bare bones story um, that I'm going to give you as far as that. It's um, game is hard, bruh. <laughs> It is. Uh, Where does your character come in, though, from that story? Well, I don't know that I, that would get, that would be sort of spoiler territory. Don't but go you, there. No spoilers. You're you you basically play as 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 the character Shulk, and Shulk. If you don't, you, most people know Shulk by Smash Brothers. If they haven't played Xenoblade Chronicles, that's right. He's a good Smash. So <clears throat> he's sort of the he's sort of. Um, a scientifically minded guy that that seeks to sort of understand the power of the monado um and being able to um use it to uh Mr. Monato. That's right. I didn't just do robot movements, ladies and gentlemen. So the monado is sort of the the weapon you can th- it's almost it's a you can think of it as a as the master sword really. Really it's it's sort of the key weapon to defeating evil in this game do you know you know a fun fact i'm pretty, i love i'm pretty facts. sure at one point in my life the richard was called the master sword well now mine's the monado <laughs> and i mean as you can tell this changes either weekly or whatever but sometimes it sticks <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah <laughs> so there's that but um I did want you to talk about, and if you're about to do it, my apologies, but you you, you know you did re- mention yourself as a noob, and one of the mm-hmm. probably one of the reasons you feel that way isn't navigating a map or understanding a story. I think it logistically comes down to the combat system and how complex it can be for someone who's never played a you know a Xenoblade game before or any co- kind of combat system. If you do feel like it's similar to another game that you played, I'd like for you to maybe say that, but uh, is that where you're about to go as far as the combat? I didn't want to maybe lead yeah. you. Okay, yeah, I'm definitely about to jump into the combat. Before I say that, though, I will tell you that this has and Sean, you got to be ready for this. This has some of the best fast travel I have ever thank the Lord in a game. <laughs> I mean, that's a ten right there. Well, and when you do your Richard scores, by the way, 
we honestly should have a, you know, Sean should have a special thing that Sean always talks about in the game. John should have a thing, and that should be incorporated into your Richard. Um, and yours should be whether or not the game has adequate enough fast travel because that is yeah. that's a big deal for a John game. You know what I mean? That's, that's, that is required reading. <laughs> so <clears throat> as far as the combat goes, uh, I, like I've said before, this combat, I like what it's, I like what it's putting down. This is this is basically a real time action based battle system, and what you have at the bottom of the screen, you I think is I think you basically I don't know if it can go further than this, but I think you basically are set with a party of three, and you can you can switch out which which member of that party you want to control. So you don't you don't always have to control Shulk. You can control any of the characters in your party. Um, but when but whatever whatever character you are controlling, <clears throat> you basically have a row at the bottom of the screen that are a row of circles that are basically, I think they're called, yeah, they're, they're your talent arts. And so <clears throat> each, each com each attack, almost like a turn-based RPG where you'd have your kind of your list of attacks. You have, you kind of think of, think of it that way. Each attack or each action in your talent, talent arts do something different and you have you have a talent art art that um that boosts the the hp of your party um and based on the character you're using like shulk for example he's not really a in your face um face-to-face -face battler he's sort of a kind of a hover outside the lines kind of guy and it's he's kind of your he's your tactical that's kind of a, a word i'm using so in the party you you it's often smart to have a someone who's tactical and then someone who's sort of your heavy and what the heavy does is he basically generates the frontal attack and almost like a tank in in maybe uh mmorpg yeah, gotcha. he's he's much more capable of 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 taking punishment and he even says that in the dialogue um, of some of the cutscenes, like he's there to take the focus off of off of Shulk, so that Shulk can come around behind the enemy yeah. while he's distracted and attempt to break his shields. So it's sort of a it's sort of a system where I get it on a high level. <laughs> <laughs> good, good one. But there's a lot of um, there's a lot of nuance and and detail into it and i like that i like that it's giving it's giving me a challenge and i like i like learning a new type of battle system you know it, i'm not going to lie it took me it took me a little while to get used to the concept of turn based jrpgs and how you do that these are like you know and look and, and it's also where you if you if you execute a talent art, you have to wait for that to circle back and sort of regenerate. So you're you're having to strategize which attack in which sequence you want to use because you have to recognize oh, no. that when you use an attack, you have to wait for it to cycle through. You heard that ding, didn't you? I did hear that ding. Um, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I apologize. The, I, uh, there's nothing you can do about that. You just should update your computer regularly. How have you not? Oh, because you've been playing Xenoblade. I was gonna say, how have you not turned on that beast of a PC? Yeah, and I kind of answered yeah. my own question. Let me ask you this: as far as the combat, um, and you've played some RTS type games or some 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 games that kind of had similar, which I I think fighting 
or at least strategy. Um, you played Mario versus Rabbit, and you played Octopath Traveler. I talked about that earlier. Um, how do those stack up as far as your train of thought, um, or do they feel similar to you, or are all three of those just completely different experiences? And the third well, one, of because, course, being Xenoblade. Because I'm not taking turns with the enemy, right? That's sort of that's sort of my experience up to this point for JRPGs. So I'm sort of you know. I think how Yoda put it, you must unlearn what you have learned, that kind of thing. That's nice. So I'm, That's I'm, nice. I'm, having to, I'm having to take my turn base brain and, and just sort of turn it off. And it was, it's sort of, and I think that's probably where my disconnect is happening. I just, you know, the brain is, is, you know, functions on muscle memory and I just got to get used to. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, <laughs> yes, Sean. <laughs> Maybe not yours, as yeah. we all have suspected. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. So, you know, it, it does a lot of, it, it speaks the same language as a JRPG, as other JRPGs that are turn-based. They're just, they just, the flow of them are, are just different. It's a different dance, if you will. Okay. Um, Makes sense. You know, Two things. You'll get, Dichotomy. <laughs> you know, one of the, <laughs> one of the advantages of, of the party system in a JRPG is that collectively they can do um, massive attacks together. And that's, and that's a concept that exists in this game as well. They have what they call your, your party gauge yeah, yeah. as you're, as you're doing attacks seamlessly, you, your gauge builds up, which allows you when a member, when a member of your party falls, you can walk up and revive them based on yeah. that party gauge. Dude, and you can also, if you get your party gauge up to its max, you can do a series of attacks, taking turns with all your characters, and based on your affinity with each other, and, and affinity meaning how you've built each other's yeah. relationships. Your bond, story, you know? Your bond, exactly. Those those attacks become more powerful, and you can do more attacks within that, um, what do they call it? I can't remember what they call it. And I'm not, not going to waste the dead air trying to think of it. Yeah, we're just old and you forgot that. It's fine. You know, I, I wonder if you would like a game like Final Fantasy, you know, like the 7 remake or something, because they have the, that, the fighting element, I think, is a lot. Now that I thought about it after I, you know, brought up two games that are nothing like it, probably yeah. is, is really close to what Xenoblade is like as far as your experience goes. Yeah, I'm thinking, I'm thinking that, that they're more related than dragon quest is to this so i'm i'm definitely in agreement with that so <clears throat> so that's pretty much uh the nuts and bolts of this one of the things that i read and i and i believe it is um a lot of the side quests um the side quests are very much uh fetch quests and from what i read there are over sixty thousand side quests in this game I mean, you could you could be Jeez. old and gray by the time you. I mean, completionists. I would love to. I would love to Google later if somebody has ever completely done everything to be done in Xenoblade Chronicles. Um, and they and and it's at least it starts this way where someone in town says, "I'm worried about the safety of the kids. Can you go out and kill um, three of these types of monsters?" John, I hate to do this to you, but uh, yep. apparently, if you play Xenoblade Two, there's some Breath of the Wild armor out there. Found that Ooh. by the Google of 
how long is um, the completionist for Xenoblade Chronicles? Don't know why that popped up. Well, so. this show never talked about Xenoblade Chronicles 2. We didn't. <laughs> and uh, you know what I'm saying? We do what we want now. So right. uh, we have we have freed ourselves from the tyrant. Happy birthday, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my good! Yeah, I read something as, as like a hundred or something hours that you could put into the game. Is that and that's and that's just going through the story, um, and doing. It's almost like there's enough side quests out there to make a lot of money. It's yeah. almost like the, it's almost like the game is designed to give you endless res, uh, an endless resource of getting money because I think that's the only way to do it. I am. just like. Go ahead. I like the I like in in theory I like the idea of having a game, you know, full of content. But it's taken me this long in my life to realize. While I think it's cool, I get into a game, and I am squirreling left and right, and I never really get anything done. Yeah, I I was at my wits end trying to do all the things in Spider Man. Yeah, you know yeah, and that that, that, that one is very. <laughs> That had nothing like Xenoblade has in it as far as side quests and fetch quests and side stuff. and uh. Yeah, particularly with this world. I mean, it's it's sort of fragmented the way that old school Zelda games were. Like when you're going to Death Mountain, it shows a cut, cut scene of you walking into the distance and then it cuts to you walking into Death Mountain. So it was it's sort of that type of open world. But the, the open worlds, when you're in those areas, are huge. huge the game the game has a scope um and a sense of scale that is just unbelievable particularly in certain areas of the map where you are you can look up and see the bionis and the mechanis and certain outlines of their shape and that's just and it's and it's very it's very breathtaking from a yeah from a vision they're they're able to really capture that really good yeah um yeah the Monado is is a it's a legendary sword man. Yeah. Buddy. It was uh it's it's what it's the one you see on the cover of Xenoblade Chronicles. Is that, it featured in the second game? Um uh, I don't remember. I remember I there being did. I mean there was dabble. a there were, I did dabble. Um there was a sword. I don't remember if that was the one. I want to say it it wasn't that sword. It looked like it and it was a little different. But I, I didn't play it long enough to know if that ever even came back or what it was or how it tied together. I don't know. There's just so okay. much. These games offer so much if if this is the game you want to, you know, sink your teeth into. There's so much stuff. Um, so, yeah, that's I guess that's sort of I guess I'll leave it at that as far as my my overview of the game for now. Um, I want to be very pliable with what we do with the show. Um I, I want to do our best to come back to this because I'm not really ready to give it a score. It would it would be completely unfair with a game that could be 100 hours right. to play 10 to 15 hours and say, here's what I think of the game and here's what it is definitively. We need to come so, up with a different system that's maybe not a Richard, but it's a, um, I don't know, a different system that where we can say this is a working, a working, you know, thing that we're yeah. doing, you know. And that I means, would say right now it's a provisional highly recommend. There, hey, that's what we could use. Instead of numbers, be like highly recommend or thinking of skipping, you know, those could be our provisional scores. 
Yeah. If any, hey, I'll tell you what, if anybody's got an idea of what things we could say or terms to use for provisional part ones that we do or something like that, hey, let us know. Thoughts and prayers. Send them in. Um, you got anything else you want to add? Or you think yeah, you. Just, just, I, just I appreciate finally getting to play this game because it's challenging me. And, and every once in a while, being outside your comfort zone is really, really good. Um, which, which is what this show has allowed me to do. So I'm, I'm very grateful for having played it and I look forward to, I'm I'm going to, I'm going to do my best, man. But you know, the way we, the way we do this, sometimes we have, you and I both know we have to move on to another game. So I'm well, hoping it's something I can constantly come back to and enjoy. Well, we are, we talked about this too. Um, we are kind of lined up again. There's some, some pretty good news from PlayStation standpoint that we're going to talk about here shortly that maybe allows us to talk about maybe that a week. And then everybody knows last of us is coming out. So there's that. So then we, we might have a little wiggle room if you do end up, you know, getting a little further and updating us, uh, and then maybe feeling more, more better to give us an official risk Richard, but, um, highly recommend so far provisionally, that's pretty mm-hmm. good, man. I like it. And and you kind of line up. I always like to see where we line up um, after we – I always do this after I give my Richard if I'm playing a game or I look at it beforehand to kind of see what you're going to give it and how it stacks to what you see like online. So if I just type in Xenoblade Chronicles De- Definitive Edition, it's a um, it's an 89 Metacritic. Um, and Google users, 94, liked it. Um, and then – you know, that's that's yeah. saying it is pretty good. And these aren't like terrible scores. There's a lot of people who like it a lot. They're very happy like you are. Um Well yeah, one one thing good. is an eighty nine like that is is pretty rare when it comes to, you know, a remake or something a re release or whatever. And I know that there are that there are quality of life improvements to the game. I just wish I could speak intelligently to that. Um, so I'll try to do some research onto what, what they've improved on it. Um, because I think that's what, that's one, that's one reason it's, it's much higher as far as a Metacritic score goes is because they didn't just put a, a second coat of paint on it. They made some quality of life improvements that were really notable. I'm, I'm, I want to know if you agree with this. One of the uh, Google reviews, it's a pretty, pretty long review, but I'll just say this. Did, did you feel this so far? Uh, the word incredible is in all caps. So it's incredible battle music, field music, and cutscene music, uh, coupled with unique turn-based battle gameplay, vast open exploration of the environment in this artistic and imaginative world. Uh, and then he goes on to say that I cannot praise this game enough. It's a masterpiece. So you could be on the track for that, buddy. I I, I cannot I cannot protest his claim that it is a masterpiece. I mean, it's it's been considered. It is considered. Um, one of the best JRPGs of the last ten years. Um, yeah. So that that is certainly the case. The music is exceptional. Good. I mean, the it's they've even improved the soundtrack, um, and sort of redone the the original songs. And you can actually in the in the menus go. You can each, you can go back to the original Wii music or or use the current oh, music. I love when they but do that stuff. You you can't go wrong with either version. I, lo- um, I love I'm, when they do that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you know if it's really beautiful? 
So you, you obviously, I think you bought it digitally, correct? I did. Um, there is a version on GameStop that is called the definitive work set. Now the, the physical release is fifty nine ninety nine. I'm pretty sure that's the digital as well on Nintendo, um, on the switch. Uh, let's see, but the, this version appears to come with the game, um, uh, art book, a, a different case. And it looks like that's it. I was thinking it was going to hopefully come with a soundtrack, but you got to ask, it. you got to ask. Yeah. I, I thought it might've, I don't know. Maybe it's digital. I know it comes with an art book. I thought, but <laughs> I said, I know. And I thought, yeah, I, I love, I love when I do things like that too. You're like, you know, I, I so don't, I don't care, but you know, as long as we don't go there, like, wait, what? Like, oh, uh, <laughs> nice. Oh, Sean, I should say, um, one of the things they did add to this is a complete is an epilogue chapter to this game. Mm-hmm. So the additional content. So in other words, where the Wii version and the 3ds version ended, there's an entire new epilogue story to the game. Um, that's getting a lot of good, good praise for it too. So is, is that content as well? Is it as good as like, uh, the end of a, a Marvel movie to set you up for the next game? Ooh. Oh, for sure. Okay. And much broader in scope. Much broader in scope. Well, man. The uh, Mac- <laughs> great job, dude. If you're ready, I'm ready to move on to the the NIS. I can't wait. You ready for the NIS? Do the, N- do the news. Let's do news. 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 Hot off the press and straight to your ears. Weekly Games Chat presents the news. News. <laughs> well, I, in a way, I kind of like it because it's like it's like Clip City, but there's yeah. nothing we can't help it because we're we're miles apart and we're doing our best. Dang it, we really are. So, uh, who's start, w- who's starting it off? Me? Yeah, I, you know what? I did the topic. Ooh. Start us off. Logical sense. Something we missed on this show until a few episodes ago. And uh, starting, off, starting us off this week, we've got The Last of Us HBO. That that actually excites me. Hopefully it excites you too. Um, this yeah. past March, uh, during the midst of coronavirus, HBO confirmed that it was collaborating with Naughty Dog to make The Last of Us into a television series. Craig Mazin, or Mazin, creator of HBO's Chernobyl, is executive producing and writing. That excites me. If you haven't seen Chernobyl, it is a good watch. Uh, Johan Renk, or Recht, who directed Chernobyl, has signed on to direct at least the pilot episode of the show, which also is very exciting. Uh, Renk also directed episodes of Breaking Bad, Vikings, The Walking Dead, and Bates Motel. As previously mentioned on this show, production will not begin until after the release of the game, which is June 19th. Just mere a mere what nine days away as of, as of uh, the time the my voice hits your ears. John, does that excite you? It does, uh, particularly, um, particularly when you think about the fact. I, I, you know, Joe Johan Rank. Yeah, you know, is not a name that just pops off the screen and go, oh, thank God he's directing. I mean, but his body of work sort of indicates that he kind of gets the vibe of this world. Um, with you know with Chernobyl and 
shows like Vikings and the walking dead. So he kind of gets that, uh, that desperate. Yes. Dark. The, scenario. Uh, yes. All of those shows have different vibes, but they all have that, that thing that John is talking about for sure. And you got to get the thing you got. You if you don't got the thing, you know, the, the thing dude, then what are you doing? You know what I'm saying? I can't imagine that this is, I mean, this has got to be, I would guess 2022 at the earliest. Yeah. I and mean, I, I actually think it's going to work. I think a series with a game like this works better, better than like a, a screen adaptation or a fill in the gap between two movies type things. And I think the way like the Mandalorian's doing it for the Disney plus people um, and giving us a show that we didn't even know we needed in our lives. I think that they have a chance to do that with uh, the last of us HBO yeah. and HBO is not going to do anything bootleg. You know what I mean? True. True. But that does bring, you know, that does bring up a good point that you made regarding um, the, uh, whether this could actually work as an adaptation because, you know, the last of us, the, the original game, you know, takes a lot of tropes and I don't mean tropes as in a bad way, but it takes a lot of tropes from a lot of, a lot of people say it's very reminiscent of the road by uh, Cormac McCarthy. Um, and it just, it, you know, and, and that vibe and that feel that the walking dead have things like that. You really want to make sure you're making this show stand out. Like it's okay to have those tropes, mm-hmm. but, but make sure there's a hook there that makes it distinct from other post-apocalyptic type shows. Um, if because, the, you know, if the there's show- an audience like there's an audience like Chris that is that is sort of weary of the zombie post-apocalyptic um, type of storytelling. Well, so. what I how was I going if if they're not going to start production until after the game, maybe that means that the show is based on the end of the game as we play it, or maybe it's based okay. on a time frame in between. Or maybe there's flashbacks in the show of the time frame in between Last of Us 1 and the beginning of Last of Us 2. So we kind of see how whatever happens between maybe like Joel and Ellie, how that kind of happened, if you will. Um, there's a lot they can do with it to tie it in into the universe, but it still be its own thing. So it does it does excite me. And the fact that, like I said, any kind of thing you watch on HBO, it's going to have this this polish on it that is, that's going to make it really good. I mean, they brought, they brought uh, the Witcher. Wait, was that HBO? That was Netflix. That was Netflix. But I'm saying, no, they, no, they brought the Witcher into a series and it, it worked and that was Netflix. That's what I was going to say. And HBO, they're going to, it's going to be, I think it's going to be great. I'm excited. So. Yeah. And it's also make, it's also kind of making the case, uh, you know, if this one is particularly successful, it's making the case that um, television series formats might be a better um, template to tell stories within video games. I think so. I think yeah. I think you might be onto something there. Yeah, you've got these you got these sweeping video games that are twenty to a hundred hours, um, and series give you more wiggle room, if you will, to yeah, more leg room. Yeah to tell these stories, to build up these characters, to focus on things that the gamer cares about. Uh, but you want to be careful not to copy certain Listen, things. I don't want to accuse you of copying anything, dude. Sorry. 
All right. Well, speaking of a <laughs> copyright accusations for Naughty Dog, a music artist, uh, Lottie, oh, I'm going to say Lottie, forgive me if I'm butchering the name, Lottie Kessner has accused Naughty Dog of copying her cover that is featured in the Last of Us 2 trailer. The tweet read, quote, hey, are you aware that the True Faith cover you put in your Last of Us 2 trailer is a replica for my cover that came out 10 years ago. I wrote original parts, not in the original song, that are copied exactly by whoever covered it. I am... Sorry. I am heartbroken, end quote. The legal status appears to be murky. It is likely the copyright permission for the trailer uh, was sought from New Order rather than Lot Kessner. The question remains whether she has legal grounds, and uh, we would invite lawyer Rob to chime in on this, even though I worry that he has dropped us like a bad habit. Possibly. I mean, if, if he fails us, not fails us, if he if he's unable to write in, we could always ask the understudy uh, Justice Platt. Wait. No, 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 no. Don't want to hear from him. Scratch it. But um, this is lawyer crazy. Rob has stopped listening, we have failed as a show. Oh, no. Lawyer Rob, is there Come any is there anybody out there? <laughs> Please, Lawyer Rob, we miss you, buddy. Uh, but yeah, this is this is cray cray. Can you but imagine that she she it's legit. She's legit in what she says. She watches the trailer that we've all recently seen, and the music that's playing. She goes, "Oh my god, that's that's yeah." I did a cover, but I added my own twist on it, and no one's talked to me. I I would probably be not happy, but then again, like you say, you, there's no there's no way that they add that song in that game without getting legal copyright permission uh, from the original, you know, uh, New Order. Is that what the original artist was? So, yeah, yeah. There's no way you would think, but we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. Hey, well, it's. Let's hope this isn't the last we hear of that. Well, you know, it's funny because as Last of Us 2 comes out, people are immediately going to wonder about a Last of Us 3. Uh, Neil Druckmann, Naughty Dog Vice President, is actually undecided on whether his next game will be The Last of Us Part 3 or a completely new IP. See, John. Sean, what what does IP stand for? I was going (laughs) to. Intellectual property, John. Um, In an interview with GQ. Uh, Druckmann states, quote, as you start wrapping things up, never creatively, yep. there are fewer and fewer responsibilities and my mind can't help but think about the next thing. So, yeah, the next thing could be a part three. Uh, the next thing could be some new IP. Druckmann gave no indication of his preference, but indicated that going back to Last of Us could be riskier. People are always like, do another one, but focus on all new characters or like do it in like Europe or do it in Japan. Japan. Do something really different. Druckmann calls that approach a coward's way out. Um, if you were to do a new setting like that, quote, you might as well just do a new IP. I can't hate him for that, actually. Yeah, I was, th- I was thinking, where's the lie? <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't hate him. I like the That's way he talks, and I like quoting him. It's great. Yeah. So at this time, <laughs> comes out in 15 years. Well, possibly, but you know, that, that's also what that does for me is lets me know that, uh, there's possibly some, some things not tied up in the story in last of us two, or at least an opening for last of us three. 
Well, I like a good opening. Ooh, that was unexpected and well-timed, John. Um, but beyond that. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about Destiny. Ooh. Beyond Destiny. Um, you playing Destiny at all? No, I haven't. But my friends have been playing Destiny 2 recently. My IRL friends. And I'm like, what's up with that? What's going on? Apparently well, a spaceship might- blew up or something. Oh. Well, they might be interested in, in knowing that Bungie may very well be pursuing the development of a uh, new IP. Ooh. A Bungie job listing has indicated that the studio has a new IP. And Sean, what is an IP? Uh, intellectual property. All right. This IP is comedic in nature and will feature whimsical characters. A posting for incubation art director ugh, on the career portal asks applicants... <laughs> If they would like to work on, quote, something comedic with lighthearted and whimsical characters, end quote. Other job postings indicate that the game will have a, quote, wide variety of pursuit and loot systems and indicates that many of the roles will require knowledge of fundamental RPG, RPG systems such as the Bionis <laughs> and the Maconis. Oh, the, you know, I was trying to tie in Matthew McConaughey to the McConaughey the whole time. <laughs> I don't know how. That should all be his right, nickname. All right. All right. right. All that, right. That should be his nickname. Everybody, well, add, any McConaughey that you run up to should say that. All right. All well, right. All right. I think we should. Uh, I think we should take our shirts off. What do you think? Uh, I right. kind of have to mix a Bill Clinton voice into a Matthew McConaughey voice to make it work. Yeah. Got some Bill Clinton going on. Yeah. It's fine. So, we do know that Bungie CEO Pete Parsons told us that the studio is aiming to have a new property within the marketplace by 2025. Hey, we're considered the marketplace, John. We are. And by 2025, I'll be halfway to 50. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> this is insane. Insanity. We'll see. But uh, in the meantime, you, how, would huh? you feel, how would you feel about yourself? If you were still playing games at fifty, I would. Lo- I th- I think our generation is the one that's going to do it, because the the, the yeah. there there are people older than us. No no shots intended, but they were kind of the pioneers of you know the Ataris of the world. But we came in, so they're still kind of gaming, right? But then we come in with the Nintendo, which changed the game, and then we followed all the things: the Super Nintendos, the Segas, the Playstations, the Xboxes, you know, and then every iteration since then. And uh, we're there. And it, to be honest, I see a lot of older gentlemen playing games like World of Warcraft or a Final Fantasy Online game, something that you're you don't have you play at your own leisure, and it's a world that you can just kind of sit down and escape from. I think that I may end up doing more like that versus like having a console, you know, and playing new releases that come out like that. I I can see myself being more like that, but but in the well, meantime, John. I'll just be playing um, Angry Birds. <laughs> In the meantime, Destiny 2 Beyond Light is coming this September and will let players wield the darkness. This goes along with Destiny's sprawling multi-year saga kicked off with Season of Arrivals, which is out now. Um, quote, Beyond Light takes you to Europa, the frozen moon of Jupiter, birthplace to the exomachines and the site of the Deep Stone Crypt on Europa, you'll meet Aramis. Aramis, is that right? Aramis. Aramis, the leader of an empire of fallen. Ooh. She's learning to harness the power that comes directly from the pyramid ships to defeat her. You'll have to harness that power too. 
For the first time since Destiny 1 launched six years ago, Guardians will acquire a brand new damage type called Stasis. That's exciting, actually. So not just supers or a new grenade, an actual new damage type in the universe. This is all part of plans for the game spanning the next three years. Destiny 3, not anytime soon. So that's that tells me that they've got plans. <clears throat> I don't know, a, a team of maybe 50, 30 to 50 working on these on this uh on these expansions while they double down on a new IP. Double down, double triple. Um yeah, that, that's exciting news for Destiny fans. That's exciting news for, you know, folks like myself who are fans but haven't played the game in a while. Um they they're able to lure us back when new really good things come out in the word of mouth and you start seeing these these ratings like how did you you can't miss this expansion this is the one so it'll be interesting to see and i know a lot of people will be excited about getting a new uh damage type to see what the stasis is all about but you know we'll see hey maybe we, right. we, we might even cover it on this fine podcast who knows right you reckon, you reckon we will well john Speaking of reckoning, it's time for a re-reckoning remix. A new uh, remaster for Kingdoms of... I always have a tough time with this word. Amalur. Kingdoms of Amalur mm-hmm. re-reckoning has been announced with a release date of August 18th of 2020. That's not too far away. Uh, the game will be released on Xbox One, PlayStation 4, and uh, PC Master Race. The game was leaked on the Microsoft Store previously. The remaster will include all DLC, including Teeth of Neros and Legend of Dead Kel, and will have improved graphical fidelity. The story for the game was originally penned by R.A. Salvatore and also developed by Spawn creator Todd McFarlane and Elder Scrolls IV Oblivion lead design Ken Ralston. The game was originally developed by 38 studios headed by Hall of Fame Picture... Picture... Hall of Fame pitcher and bloody sock man himself, Kurt Schilling. Yeah, this uh, this uh, <laughs> this game is attached to a very long and sad story. Um, it's it, the game was considered a failure after having sold two million copies, and at yeah. the time, I can tell you, anybody would have loved to sell that many copies of a new IP. And Sean, what is IP? Intellectual property. There you go. <laughs> And so uh, this, when this game came out, I I was so excited to hear more about it because I freaking love. When I was a kid, I wanted to be Todd McFarlane. I wanted I wanted to be a comic book artist like Todd McFarlane. He was like he was like everything to me as a kid. But um, I am definitely excited to get a chance again to um, play this game. I never I never got to it. Um, is I'm this excited. what what is the gameplay like? Is it like a Dante's Inferno? Is it like an uh, uh, an Elder Scrolls game? Is it it's like, like it's, it's in the vein of Elder Scrolls? In fact, this game came out around the time Skyrim came out, which is why, which was a bad business decision to do that. Um, but they had to get the game out because the game was over budget. They had borrowed money from the Rhode Island state government. This yeah, yeah. it was a mess. It was a it was an absolute mess. It was a hot the, mess. They, express. Yeah, they. Kurt Schilling made millions, and as, a, millions. as a pitcher, as a pitcher, and he lost every dime he owned on this game. Um, That's terrible. You know, it, it it is, and, and but um, this is what uh, 
I think this uh, this property was bought by THQ, D, THQ Nordic um, a while back. So I've been hoping for this for a long time. The problem was how they were going to work out details because I believe EA still owned the rights to this particular game. Not the property, but this game. So I was very skeptical that it was ever going to get a remaster. But So this is great news as far as I'm concerned. I can't wait to play it. And we'll be maybe covering it in August. You sounded like Yoda for half a second. It was fantastic. Um, talk about a reveal, John. So PS5 reveal is officially set for June 11th. Sony has officially confirmed the new date and time for the PS5 game reveal event. Hi, all. Uh, that's a quote. Thanks for being patient and understanding while we rescheduled this PS5 event for Thursday, June 11th at 1 p.m. Pacific time, 4 p.m. Eastern time. We needed to step aside so key voices could be heard during this uh, historic and important time here, here. Now that the event is confirmed for June 11th, I want to add that this pre-taped program will be, I like a good pre-tape, pre-tape <laughs> program will be broadcast at 1080p and 30 frames per second. This eased the show's production process during a time when many of our teams and developers are working from home. The games you'll see on Thursday will look even better when you play them on PS5 with 4K TV, as you'd expect. End quote. So there we have it, Sean. We are getting. We're going to get. Um, we're going to get that PS5 video game reveal, which is sooner than I expected. To be honest with you, I, I think so too. And I'm actually thinking about if it works out with my job, uh, I might be on Twitch. And if anybody wants to hop in our channel and watch it together, we might can do that. But um, so. yeah, and then depending, John and I have already pretty much put it in stone. Uh, we think if this is a hot mess or if we if we yield amazing news, it's probably going to be the main thing we talk about next week. But we'll have to just see. I'm excited. Uh, they've really amped up that controller as far as some images you're seeing online now. Uh, so I mean, I, I just you want to see stuff, you know. Uh, Xbox came out the gate and showed us all the things we needed to see about it. Uh, people got to hold it, rebuild it, undo it, look at it. Uh, and we know everything about it just about. So this, yeah. this is going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. And we, we come to a halt because you think they're, you think they're going to double down this week because huh? we huh? needed huh? to, we needed it to be known <laughs> that double downing is okay. Just like infinity ward. That's right. <laughs> Go. You're the man. Didn't I read the PS5 reveal? No, I did. You read the In the Meantime and the Re-Reckoning. No, you read Destiny and In the Meantime. I read Re-Reckoning. You read PS5. So this is my turn. Just like you said, shut up. Um, <laughs> Infinity Ward has announced it will be adding additional uh, resources to ban racist names from its Call of Duty games like Call of Duty Modern Warfare. This includes, quote, additional resources to monitor and ID racist content, adding additional in-game reporting systems to increase the number of bans by hour, adding filters and greater restrictions on name changes, evaluating in-game improvements to make it easier to report offenses, and increasing permanent bans to root out repeat offenders. In a statement from Infinity Ward, quote, there is no place for racist content in our game. This is an effort we began with launch, and we need to do a better job. We're issuing thousands of daily bans, of racist and hate oriented names, but we know we have to do more. I like it. I like the move. I think, I think that's, it's, I personally think it's easy for anybody that is the developer of a game who's running the online servers 
to have a way to monitor that monitor that stuff. And they definitely need to make it easier for us when we see something that's like, come on, dude, that's, that's not necessary and we're able to report it. So, you know, them at least trying to do this makes me happy. Yeah, I, I agree with you. They, they, I would, if I were them, I would um, make it well known and publicize their um, guidelines for this. Otherwise you can get yourself, you can, you can make yourself go down a rabbit hole um, finding things that could be perceived as as something bad, even though contextualizing it could could mean, oh, I didn't think about it this way. So I, you know, I I I don't want them to go crazy over this, but it's definitely something that's needed. Particularly, you know, there's obvious things where you see you're playing online with somebody, and that name is blatantly something that it doesn't need to be. Yeah. So definitely a good move on their part. For sure. Um. I didn't know about the fact that this next thing even had to return, John. Oh yeah. You've heard of this game, right? No, maybe. I think, you, I think if you, if you Google it and you look at the images of it, you'll, you'll immediately recognize it. Um, so we're looking at a return possibly of Okami. Uh, Akumi Nakamura has revealed that she is planning to reveal a new Okami game to Capcom. According to Nakamura, Okami is, quote, the project that she wants to make a reality the most. She is certainly optimistic about the uh, the chances that the project will become a reality being high. She is planning to make a visit to Capcom to propose the idea. Originally, there was a lot of Okami that had not yet been told, and there is still a lot to tell in that universe. Have you seen, have you you looked it up? Yes, I recognize that logo. So that would be like on the cover art. Um yeah, I, I could be mistaken, but I believe this was IGN's game of the year when it came out, beating Twilight Princess at the time. Um, it's and and you can go on, you can pretty much play it on every platform that exists today. They've there's they've come out with HD remasters of this game, um, but it is very it is very Zelda. Dude, I yeah. might need to get up a piece of this. Yeah, art styles. The art styles, dude. I am mm-hmm. digging that art style like a lot. Oh, for sure. I'm in. Yeah, playing yeah, Okami. It was... <laughs> Topic time, time, time. Time. And Okami is a. Am- <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. I like it. Yeah. Well, nice. um, I, I can't wait to hear about it when you play it. Um, yeah. I, I want to hear about your account. Well, the account of when I play that game is going to be nothing like how the accounts were compromised at Nintendo. I can tell you that much. I like it. Uh, Nintendo has confirmed that a total of 300,000 user accounts have been compromised. This count is up by 140,000 from the original 160,000 declared in April. According to Nintendo, the passwords of these accounts have been reset and the owners contacted directly. At 300,000 cases, Nintendo assures that less than 1% of Nintendo network IDs have been illegally logged into. The company is currently in the process of refunding users who had purchases made to their account. So they're going to try to do it right, but it is very alarming that it it nearly doubled in, what, two months' time? Double it. They, they took it, they divided it in half, right, and then they doubled it. It's crazy. We got all this double talk this week. Double down, a second Okami. 
doubling it in Nintendo. It's crazy. Crazy time. Well, I will say, Sean, that for a lot of our audience, um, the Switch is sort of a niche console, and they might have one in their house that they don't always pick up from day to day. So I would say to those people, check your emails. Um, see if you've got any email from Nintendo to see about the status of your particular account. Like they said, it's a 1% chance, but I would still um, keep be on the lookout for uh, yeah, I checked my email today, and when it, Nintendo's kind of pop up and they tell you, hey, it's Nintendo, it kind of sticks out. I was excited, and I messaged you. Did you get my text? Mm, no. Maybe not. Um, so apparently, I have a wish list, and there are things on sale. One of those, yeah. John, is uh, Shinsekai. Into Ooh. the Depths for only $14.99. Very nice. Very, dude, and uh, for you Trine 4 fans that, you know, when John played it, you couldn't wait to get your hands on it, Eleven ninety nine on Nintendo oh, Switch. You need to scoop that up. That's a great price, right? Apparently, I also mm-hmm. want SteamWorld Dig 2, which is right now only $7.99. Uh, Sean? That's, I love those games, dude. They're so good. Hit purchase, hit purchase right now. Do it. Do buy it. it. It's yours. Do it. Do it. Do it. All right, man, if you're ready to, uh, I guess, if you if you got anything else to add, we can, you know, this is the part of the show where we wrap the news up. Mm. Or do we? Never. We'll never wrap up, John. <laughs> Ever, dude. Ever. Hot mess. Never. <laughs> Just saying. Eh. Um, no. <laughs> we peaked. That was so, bad. Dude, we peaked. I am sorry. We peaked. We peaked crazy peakage right there. <laughs> like crazy peakage, dude. But uh, yeah, if you want to write your thoughts and prayers into us via email, John, where do they write us into? You can take uh, you can take one. I'll take one. So you get to pick, but you can tell them where to write us into first. Ladies and gentlemen, you can share your thoughts, ideas, hopes, dreams, everything you want by writing to us at weeklygameschat at gmail.com. That's weeklygameschat at gmail.com, just like Jason did. Uh, Sean, do you want me to go first here? Yeah, go ahead, buddy. All right. To my weekly games chat duo, I hate to see... Uh, I oh, Hold on. Yeah, okay. I hate to see you without any email, especially now that Chris isn't here to stumble through reading them. Ha ha. Uh, Although it seems like John has picked up that torch (laughs) reading the news. So here are a few things I've thought about. First off, the Sekiro hate is still so wild to me. I know that the game is hard and might go down as the most difficult game I've ever played, but the art, story, and highly nuanced combat system made it clear game of the year contender for many people, myself included. I've always wondered why Sean uh, has had such disdain for it. Would we say disdain, Sean? Is that the right word? Part of it is because I just can't get good, and the part of that (laughs) is because 
I, I just don't have the desire to continue to play the game, to learn the game, to master the game. And I just, I, I get so mad because the world, what I just, how do I explain this? I love that world and everything you said about it, the art, the story, but the combat throws me off because it's, it's unnecessary in parts, how everybody's that hard. It's, <laughs> it's just ridiculous. I still own the game. I still okay. look at it and, and I know it owns me and that bothers me. So you'll never know. Maybe you'll see me on and maybe I'll change my mind, but right now it's, it is what it is. I just have to get good. So I've always wondered why Sean has had such disdain for it, specifically because in my circle of video game friends, we refer to it as DDR Dark Souls because of the absolute necessity to, of memorizing attack right. patterns, executing them in rhythm, and being able to switch from one enemy to another seamlessly. Um, for somebody that I know loves DJ Hero, Rock Band, etc., there has to be some interchangeable skills within that, Right. I, I see his logic there for I the record, <laughs> I'll stop writing and talking from, I'm sorry. I'm going to do that again for the record. I'll stop writing in talking about from soft games. As soon as you come play some dark souls three or bloodborne with me on PS4. Well, it looks like we're going to continue to get emails from you, Jason. And I'm okay with that, sir. <laughs> I've got, I've got bloodborne in my, um, he doesn't want you to play with him. It's me. Shut up. Keep reading. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Next, I'm hoping for some game recommendations. I got my wife, your wife, your wife. so she could play Animal Crossing. She's got a five-star island she's very proud of. And I picked up a copy of Mario Kart. Like a good husband, I absolutely destroy her every time we play. Uh, so, <laughs> wait, 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 are we talking about the game? Or I'm just kidding. Uh, so <laughs> she's lost interest in playing a game altogether. We'll quit destroying her. Yeah, let, well, I'm wondering uh, if there are any good couch co-op games for Switch you would recommend where we can play together instead of against each other. I'd gladly pick up a new game, but if there's a gym in the SNES catalog, you'd recommend. I'd appreciate that as well. Uh, I would first off say Diablo three for the switch. <laughs> I think that yeah, game would be, I so huh? I think so too. I think that would be, I think that would be very approachable for, for, for her. I think she'd be surprised how much she would uh, jump into that. I want to say Captain Toad has a co-op mode now. Treasures yes. or whatever. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Snipper Clips is a is a fun little indie game that I think launched with the Switch that I adore. Uh, and let's see what else Sean comes up with. <laughs> Does Mario Maker co-op technically? Yes, it is. Mario Maker's a good one. Mario Maker, you know what I'm saying, man? There you go. There's mine. Have fun. Yeah. Those are good ones. I think you can... I think... Um, I think... Well, Cuphead's pretty hard, but... That, that's yeah, Cuphead's way too hard, dude. Yeah. Uh, Wait. That's what, yeah. Apparently, I named my Richard Cuphead one time. <laughs> All right. Well, treasure Tracer is definitely one enter the gungeon you can you can dabble minecraft is a couch co-op game and it's on the switch that would be great um trine is actually a co-op that you can that Super you can cool. use for operation so there's just a lot of good op- options one of the things that uh the switch emphasizes is um love of co-op so you've got a lot there um yeah 
So let's continue with this. Last, I appreciate you all talk, uh, taking some time to acknowledge the murder of George Floyd and the subsequent uprising in the U.S. in opposition of corrupt and racist policing. I know there are folks out there that went, want to just talk about video games and pretend like nothing is happening in the world around them, but ignoring racism or being colorblind to the struggles of others around you is unacceptable. I know there was some contention around if you should record a light in, in light. light of the yeah. and I think you all made the right decision by going through with the show and recognizing the impact of those events. All the best, Jason slash Big Riff. Thank you for that email, Jason. Great email. Um, One thing I was hoping that we were considered, Sean and I, um, as members of your inner circle of video game friends, but now that that you write that, we know exactly where we stand. So thanks a lot for that. Yeah, thanks a lot for sure, my friend. You're one of the long times, you know what I'm saying? So you're very, very awesome. And uh, our second email this week, that's right. We have more than just one email. We have it two. Happens, folks. It happens. We have two. It is titled, Yo, Yo, Yo. Yo, Yo, uh, This yo. is from your boy Vince. Uh, just want to say that if you guys are nervous of how the show has been going since you lost that guy, rest assured <laughs> that you have nothing to worry about. The show is going great, and I'm super excited you guys won't give up on it like Sean may do on Sekiro. Valhalla. <laughs> <laughs> P.S. Do you think I should get a base PS4 for, for exclusives, uh, Spider-Man, Last of Us, or wait and hope they come out on PC? Well, I will say those two games, um, when you say base PS4, you're obviously not meaning a pro. I, I don't think you needed a pro to play The Last of Us Remastered, uh, and I don't think you needed a pro, to, a pro to play Spider-Man, but I do think that the game ran and looked better on a pro for like God of War and other PS4 exclusives. And that's the thing, isn't it? With this new, uh, this new stuff coming up, the new uh, systems, I'm really teetering back and forth on what I should do because I've got a computer now that's up with the times. I can play almost every game and any new games coming out, at least in 1080p, a lot of them in, in 2K, and it's beautiful, like right? It's fantastic. And uh, I do, I am stuck because if I don't buy, like, say, the new Xbox, I'm going to miss out on the exclusives. If I don't get a new PlayStation, I'm going to miss out on the exclusives. And that's the the thing that is always going to be a thing. Um, But if you're simply asking, should you get it to play for those? I'm leaning towards yes, especially if, um, I guess, especially depending on when you want to buy it, I think there's going to be some good deals for it. I think you can pick up those games for relatively the low low and and play them at your own leisure um do you think they'll come out on pc eventually john i don't know if they will i mean probably they will but i don't know well this is all stemming from the idea that horizon zero dawn has been announced for pc so there's talk that this is sort of an experimental release to see how it does to see if it's something that makes sense for their business strategy two things but yeah but to but to the question the last of us um, was a, was rumored for PC, but Naughty Dog shot that down. That doesn't mean it's not happening, but I would not, I would not bank on these games coming to PC. Um, if you're, if you're simply wanting to buy the, if you're simply wanting to play these games that you mentioned specifically, um, yeah, I, you know, I think you're going to do fine with just a basic PS4. Um, but if you're looking long term and you're and and when you say Spider-Man and Last of Us, if you're really talking about PlayStation exclusives, 
um, time will tell and we might know by Thursday if, and I'm pretty sure this will be the case, you should be able to play PS4 games on PS5. Unless you're just not interested in the PlayStation 5 at all. Right, because you're a PC guy. So we'll have to see. Oh, all yeah, right. But so, I don't think there's much of a future. Oh, yeah. That's, you know, you make a good point, John. And that, that actually, that'll actually end the email segment of our program. Uh, thank you guys for writing in. And if you want to do it, like John mentioned earlier, uh, weeklygameschat at gmail.com. We anxiously await getting those emails about anything you want to talk about, pretty much. Uh, as long as, you know, and I ain't going to say as long, whatever you want to talk about. Usually you guys are really good on things we've said in the show, memories, uh, things that you want opinions about, all that kind of stuff. We love your emails. But uh, if you'd rather get in touch with us via Twitter, you can do that at Weekly Games Chat. Uh, that's our Twitter handle. Um, let's see here. First off, I want to say thoughts and prayers. You didn't technically mention us, I don't think, Opa. But, um, you know, I saw your tweet about you got a call today thinking you'd maybe be able to go back to work. Um, but it turns out that, that you may uh, not have a position based on that phone call or it's in the works possibly to not have one. Uh, thoughts and prayers. And I hope something works out for you. I know you, I've been seeing you on our Discord playing a lot of World of Warcraft. You also weren't happy with them recently. Yeah, we see things, sir. Um, just thinking about you, Opa. Uh, Zombieval865, he wanted to know... Uh, where in, he said TF, so you guys know what that means. The Do I find episodes 1 through 114? Well, you can blame that on Chris. As I told you when I, when I replied to you, I said when we switch places to upload, and I'm telling you guys this in case anyone's wondering, um, those episodes went away. We switched the place that hosts us, and Chris did not do a good job of backing those up, so I don't know where they are. Sean, I think he... At one at one point in an episode, he talked about how to gain access to those. I think it's on a specific platform. We'll just, we'll get I'll back. ask him and okay. we'll get back to the audience. The audience. I'd yeah. like to know too. Very nice. Uh, let's see here. We got a couple new follows. Let me make sure I'm not missing anything. Um, I, I know that you guys like when I just sit here and scroll down. I do know we had some messages, at least one. Um, first of all, I'd like to cordially welcome, uh, at Philip Calander. You and I talked on DM about it was, you couldn't quite find us in discord, but we got you a link and you were welcomed. So, uh, I want to take that moment to say anyone that wants to join our weekly games chat community on discord, it's alive and popping and we'd love to have you. And we have a ton of channels, um, or I'm sorry, a ton of sub channels within our channel to talk about everything from music to, current you know sports when they finally happen again other video game other topics uh, all kind of things you also get notifications of like when myself goes goes live on uh, twitch you'll get a notification there that sees that stuff so uh, very cool uh, and then uh, nat the gooner sent us pictures of Krispy Kreme donuts and uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 now this was a while back I want to say this was around mid-september or some point um, I don't know when this was actually sent, but this was a while back. But finally, now we're talking 2018 when the game came out. Finally, we got a picture from Nat the Gooner that shows Red Dead Redemption 2 100% complete. Nine days, 16 hours, and 33 minutes he put into the game. Says such an amazing experience. And uh, 
I let him know that was a good job, mate. And that was completely awesome. So that's what's up, Nat. You did it. You did it, buddy. You did it. And let's go to our main to see how many followers we got. We got some new ones. At uh, Gortney Riley. Thank you so much for the follow. Following you back. At Replay Gaming Podcast. Thank you so much. Uh, at Zombie Vol 865. The the person who, of course, wanted to know where episodes 1 through 114 were. And uh, at Lord uh, No Tyvel. <laughs> you would you would think I practiced that, but you guys can clearly see that I I do not practice. It was, it was a good effort. That's not what I do. Um, like I mentioned, if you want to follow um, John or I, we are on Twitter. But uh, personally, we'd prefer you know we don't care. But if you want to follow us on Weekly Games Chat, just search us, and you'll see that our current handles are in there. Um, we have a Discord community, like I talked about, and then uh, if you want to follow things that we do on things like the Twitch. You could follow my personal Twitter, which is at DJ Haygood to see me go live on Twitch when I do. A lot of times when I do that, at least recently, I've been with John, sometimes Chris, ex-host of the show, now friend of the show. Uh, and we also sometimes interact with fans like uh, we did with Justice Platt, and it was a good time. Um, anyways, nothing's popping over here on the weekly games chat, I don't think. Oh, no, no, there was something. There was something, John. Mm. I'm glad I remembered this. Um where was it at? Um, Acid Sugar put it out there about the best weapon in a game or something like that. Do you know what I'm talking about? No, I didn't notice it. Is it on Discord? Yeah. Where no. was it under? Oh, no. Oh, oh here it is. Um, so it says best video game weapon for the for the zombie apocalypse. <clears throat> So it's under the email section of Discord if you want to go there, John. Um, one of them is, of course, the lightsaber. One of them is the gun from Portal. I don't know what that thing's called because that game got me lost and I hate it. One of them is Samus's cannon gun arm thing. <laughs> one of them looks like it's Link's air, uh, bow and arrow. I don't know the two on the right, John. I'm going to need you to go look. I, I should know what these are and I don't. Cannon. Oh, by default, these two might be out. I don't know what the bottom right is. I don't either. The bottom, you know what the bottom left is, right? That's isn't that Link? No, the Kid Icarus. That's, that's Kid Icarus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to zoom in. Yeah, that's Kid Icarus. That's nice. Um, I don't, I don't know what the 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 second, the middle right is either. I don't either. So, but I, no matter what, my answer when as soon as I saw this is lightsaber, simply because one, it's quiet, and we've all seen that you need to be quiet when you take out zombies. You need to be efficient when you take out zombies, and you need heads to be gone. What better weapon does that than a, a lightsaber, right? Um, oh, sure. So, uh, Acid Sugar needed us to answer that on this on this next show. Um, is there a debate? Do you agree with the lightsaber, or do you think you need to make noise? It, now, I, I I would say that if you found Samus's armor, I think 100% you're getting in that armor and you're riding that out during a zombie apocalypse. Oh, yeah. And I'm going to morph ball it all day long. <laughs> I, think, I think Chris is going to pick portal weapon. Or he says gravity gun. That may be what the portal weapon is. Um, because you could just bounce around and never be caught, basically. 
I don't know. Uh, and Acid then replied and said he wants the lightsaber, but he would also need the Force. <laughs> <laughs> Which is awesome. So, uh, you guys, if you have your, um, that'll be a good thing if you want to write in. Best video game weapon. Maybe we mentioned it here or we didn't for a potential zombie apocalypse. Somebody, not just says Jake from State Farm. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my that's goodness. The that's the weapon you need, Jake from State Farm. Dude. Uh khakis? I think um that's so funny. Khakis. <laughs> he sounds hideous. Oh, that's so that commercial is hilarity. But um if you agree, I agree. I think that is I think we've done our duty today, sir. Do you? We have we have done well by our audience. I think so too. So I hope, I hope we are I hope they are they are proud of us like we are proud of them. I'm pretty sure this was episode 260. We made we'll it. Take to, it. We'll make it. We made it to 260, John. So, uh, yeah. Again, if you want to follow us, we're out on the socials at Weekly Games Chat, and then you should easily find any other venues of wanting to follow us uh, there. We don't really promote our Facebook anymore because uh, Facebook because it's Facebook, and I think it was Chris's and. Forget all that. But thank you so much for all your support. Uh, next week, hopefully, or, or keep keep um, keep uh, eye out there in case I decide to stream that event on Twitch Thursday, which is tomorrow for uh, the PlayStation event. And if I do, it'd be cool if we hung out. And then, uh, excuse me, I got the hiccups all of a sudden. Then we'll go from there. But and, um, until then, John, I will simply say, game on. Game on. Game on, John. Game on, Sean. I got a surprise game on for you, John. Game on, John. Ooh. <laughs> game on, Tink. He said game on, Tink. Um, peace out, everybody. I almost said your mom's box. <laughs> the life. Peace out, everybody. Yeah.